0: Let's record on that. I'm recording. Cool. What you're about to hear is the unbelievable journey of a boy from Holland who survived the horrors of the Holocaust to become a hockey legend. On the ice, he was known as the Flying Dutchman, and no death row or death camp
1: could clip his wings. I was given a life and I will defend it and I will do the best I can with it.
0: And now, as he fights his final battle against a slow and silent killer, David Dickey Gruntman wants you to hear his words in the hope humanity may finally learn from its evil past. What a crazy journey this has been. For those of you who've been listening since episode one, thank you. But today's episode isn't about recounting another chapter in Dickie's remarkable life. It's about asking for your help to write a new one. But before we get to that, let's rewind a little so you understand how we all got here in the first place. Back in 2020, I received a message out of the blue from a close friend who and former colleague, Sarah Greenulch. Sarah is the European correspondent for one of Australia's leading commercial broadcasters. She met Dickie and his son, Dave, while covering the 75th anniversary of the liberation of
1: Auschwitz.
0: I remember watching her story and being deeply moved by Dickie's words, but there's only so much you can squeeze into a few minutes on the news. And at the time, I had no idea how much more
1: there was to this story. See, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. And because people are easy and indifferent, these things can happen. A few
0: months after the peace aired, Dave reached out to Sarah in desperation. Dickie's colon cancer had returned and the outlook was bleak. Doctors said time was running out. Dave was determined to capture his father's story in full to ensure this crucial piece of their family history, Dickie's legacy, was preserved for generations to come. From London, there wasn't much Sarah could do herself to help, so she contacted me. I'd recently left my role as a crime reporter in Brisbane to start Stories Told, my storytelling startup. The mission was pretty simple, tell meaningful human stories that made an impact. She thought this project would be right up my alley, and she was right. This was a story that needed to be told. I must admit, when I first organised to meet up with Dave, I didn't have a clue how much that casual coffee catch-up would change my own life path forever. As we sat sipped and dave started to lay out every unfathomable detail i quickly realized this was the beginning of something much much bigger only a documentary could do this story justice but a project like that would take time lots of time and at that point time was something we didn't believe dickie had on his side a podcast however would be quicker And it would mean he could be a part of the process to ensure the finished product was accurate. And most importantly, it would mean Dickie could witness the world's reaction to his words. So, that's what we did. The interview you heard throughout The Flying Dutchman was all recorded on camera in Dickie's living room. I still get goosebumps reflecting on that day. How a man could survive so many twists of fate and still have the physical and mental resilience to sit before me and share such intimate and traumatic moments from his life, all these years later. Since the Flying Dutchman has been released, the man, family and I have received messages from people all over the globe who have been touched by that interview. Many sent messages of support, thanking Dickie for his bravery. Some even opened up about their own connections to the Holocaust and how Dickie's courage had inspired them to learn more about their family histories. That's what this has all been about for me. Spreading awareness and starting conversations in the hope whoever the podcast reaches can learn from the lessons of our not-so-distant past. It's my belief that the Flying Dutchman documentary will spread that awareness even further. So, I sat down with Dickie and his son Dave to share how we plan to make that happen, and how you can help. It's been a few months since the podcast went out, uh, since the Flying Dutchman went live, and uh, the last episode came out on Christmas Day. What's the journey, I'll I'll start with yourself Dave, Uh, what's the journey been like for you, I guess, seeing it? come out and and unfold and uh, having your dad's story finally shared
2: yeah it's been a a very interesting journey Um, you know if we're completely honest it all started with a bit of being you know a bit of selfishness around I wanted to capture dad's story for for me and my family Um, but then getting yourself involved and seeing your reaction and encouraging us to get it out there it's been Well, it's been overwhelming. I think I I touched base with you. I think we're about episode three on the release, asked you how it's going. And we were in the top 25 of the podcast releases in in Australia, which was amazing at that point. And then uh, I think I checked in a a month or two later and and you told me we had 30,000 downloads or something. So that was, you know, it was overwhelming to see that there's that much interest. You know, I think, I think my humble aspirations were if we could crack a thousand because um, <laughs> that's well beyond my network of friends and family and community. So you think, well, if it goes beyond that, we've really done something. But it's well and truly gone beyond that.
0: And have you had people reach out? Once?
2: Yeah, we've had um, some really interesting comments from, from um, people that, that I've known but have maybe not shared the story with. Um, and now that they know the story and they know more about Dad than they did previously, they've been very encouraging, very, um, they've all been very emotional um, messages of hope and of, um, you know, strong endorsement for what we've done. Um, and then, you know, many comments about you've got to you've got to get this filmed. You, you, you've got to somehow capture this and turn it into a movie or a documentary or something. Yeah. Um, so people have been overwhelmingly asking for more, um, which has been really interesting and encouraging.
0: Yeah. What about for you, Dickie? What's it been like to have people finally hear, I guess, every, you, you talked about your story before in bits and pieces here and there, um, but to have it all sort of in one package and to have people be able to hear every sort of detail of it.
1: Yeah. How's it been for you to, to experience oh, it's that? it's been an amazing thing because even strangers saw it and came to me and told me how impressed they were with the story. It's of course, unfortunately, it's a very true story and it's a very sad story because there's nothing good to, to talk about war. Let's face it, just people are still killing each other every day all over the place for no reason and uh, that's quite disturbing and I hope that with more people reading this story or listening to the story that maybe they pass it on to their children and their grandchildren, that there won't be such a horrible world in times to come. That's why I do it for.
0: Absolutely. It's something that I have only recently reflected on. I think uh, that message that you talk about there about wanting people to, I guess, appreciate life and to respect the lives of others and to essentially stop the killing. That's it's what your key message was all the way through, is you can't quite understand how humans are still killing one another.
1: Yeah, it, 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 it's an amazing thing, but it happens through the centuries. It's been on and off and on and off for hundreds of thousands of years. People are killing each other for no reason at all. And it, it's not even a, an animal doesn't do it. They only kill somebody if they're very hungry. And they're still not one of their own kind.
0: And I think it's something that you, that I've only sort of taken from it recently is not just people killing each other, but killing themselves. And, you know, there is a a big mental health problem out there in society today and people have really serious struggles um, getting through. And what's so powerful about your story is you were just so resolute in the face of just the most extreme adversities uh you were tethered to this faith in getting through and also this um i guess deep belief that you couldn't take your own life because you you had to defend it and it's something that you you said your mother had really instilled in you is this this value of health and value of life itself
1: well the value of life is the first 18 years were absolutely paradise. The way we lived and where we were, and the food we had, the clothes we had, we had everything what you could wish for, and so did everybody else in my surroundings. And uh, I feel I felt myself very rich because I had a second-hand push bike, I had a pair of skates and football boots, and that's all I ever needed. And it gave me my freedom and I go to soccer, uh, football training, ice hockey training, and that's all I was interested in.
0: Hmm. And I guess that's what you held on to through that whole experience.
1: Yeah, well, it did help me, of course, through the war, because I was only 18 and I was been training hockey and skating since I was 12 years old, so I was very, very fit. And I enjoyed my exercise, Hmm. I enjoyed the trainings.
0: We've had people reach out through comments on the podcast, on posts that I've put out through stories told on Instagram and uh, people who've left reviews and just sent me personal emails really thanking you for your courage. Mm. Do you think it's courageous what you've done? Uh, or do you just see it as, uh, as I guess, your duty?
1: No, I think it's more duty than courageous. It's just, it's, look, in the first place, it's not pleasant to talk about the war. There's nothing good to talk about the war. There's nothing good about talk killing and murder and what have you. So it is not a nice subject. But for me it's a necessity now because I'm very old, there's not many of us left and the story is so graphic and so heavy and it's important that the next generation wakes up to itself and don't start killing each other that's my object
0: Yeah, and I think you know I I would hope that from these first four episodes that people have heard they they have been able to take that and and like you said Dave there has been uh, a lot of reaction to not just how powerful the message has been but uh, what's next, surely that can't be it Uh, you know they feel like they've had a taste of this story but um, yeah can you sort of talk to us about what you've started and, and what is the next step for the, the Flying Dutchman's journey?
2: Yeah, well, we have, um, I think, in total with, with yourself and the cameraman, probably 16 hours, I think, roughly, of conversation, which has been condensed to four 30-minute podcasts there, thereabouts, um, which has really highlighted a lot of the story. But um, it doesn't kind of give you the, um, the scale and the complexity of some of that journey Um, that I think people would be really interested in seeing and they're asking for, you know, what next? And the idea is that if we we have that level of interest from the listeners and we can um, raise enough money through a GoFundMe initiative that we could get you there to Europe to retrace those steps and stand in the jail that Dad was in, in the actual cell and feel and film um, you know the overlay of the, of the of telling that story um, where Dad was on death row. Um, you can go and um, we can stand you in in the shoes of Dad in, in certain very poignant parts of his story that I think in film would be even more impactful for people to understand the scale and the complexity and the, the emotion of it all.
0: And to put faces, I think to a lot of the names as well that we hear throughout this story, yeah, we're pretty fortunate. With your story, Dickie, there are a lot of survivors' stories who don't have any photos or any memories uh, visually to to help tell their story because they were all lost during the war. And you're quite lucky, I suppose, that you still have photos. Can yeah, you tell only, me?
1: Oh, my lady downstairs was the only one because as when I got taken prisoner, and then the next day got my mother out of the way and put her in hiding and uh, then my neighbour went into our house and took all the photo albums and my hockey equipment and skates out of the house and hid it in the attic.
0: So when you came back uh, all those years later, yeah. what did you find? You, you came back home? and
1: Well I came back home and I stood in front of the house and the neighbour opened the window and he said, hey come in, come in. And I went inside and we called the auntie and auntie what's house? I said, oh good, good, glad, happy to see you. I said, I said, well I've got to go. She said, uh, no, no, you haven't got to go, you've got to come with me. So said, what to? She said, to the attic. Oh? We went to the attic and then in the room I had to move a lot of stuff away. And then, and then suddenly I saw my hockey stick standing there. And it was a whole box, my skates, my hockey equipment. And all the photo albums for my mother, for my sister, for me. And I still have them. That's, otherwise, I wouldn't have a photo of my sister or my mother.
0: Or your father. My
1: yeah. father especially, yeah. I mean, she that's, kept them all.
0: It's pretty incredible in itself. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, to be able to... Tell your story but to able to act to be able to actually show the yeah. the people we're talking about and, and make them real. Uh, because they were real people yeah. who played well, Yeah, a massive we were very part.
1: close. We lived one two, three stories, but we were close with all the kids and all the people. And that lady was a bit older and she lived on the ground floor. And she as soon as my mother went, she went in the house and take the valuables.
0: Lucky. And time is a little bit of the essence. I think yeah. with a project like this, uh, like you said, you're not getting any younger. No. Uh, <laughs> this year marks a pretty momentous year, yeah. I suppose, in your life. Uh, yeah. Can you tell me what year it is? Uh, I mean, what's the plan for for this year? And what's well, going
1: we have it's it's going to be a very exciting year because it's it's already on. At every day, we're talking about it and organising things and preparing things. And, uh, of course, we're having a party at uh, at Ormo for my family here. I've got lots of cousins here in Springfield, and uh, we have a party here. Then I go to Sydney, and there's a big party from where I had my business in North Sydney and the ice hockey club we had, and there'll be about 100 people turning up.
0: Well it's not every day you turn 100 so I hope at least 100 people
1: would turn up. Yeah I'm sure there'll be 100 and then after that a week later I'll be in Amsterdam and have another at the moment about 73 people coming there. Flying back home? Yeah well this is back home but it's still it's uh yeah it's 73 years that I'm here now this is home.
0: (laughs) But it still holds a special place in your heart. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I
1: still got so many friends there and children of my friends.
0: Special, yeah. Yeah, it's
1: very special. I got two good friends, and both their fathers went to primary school with me.
0: And I guess that's why we're sitting here today having this chat, is because, like you said, Dave, you've started a GoFundMe, uh, and there really is no better time to make this documentary a reality and to capture the pieces that we need to capture than right now, you know. uh, During this year, you turn 100. And like you said, on the date of your birth, you will be having a party in Amsterdam. And regardless of the support we get, I'm going to be there and we're going to make it happen. Um, But yeah, I think... For all of the support that people have given us along the way, just listening to the podcast, uh, like yes. you said, we've had over 30,000 mm-hmm. downloads. If we received just a dollar from all of those 30,000 downloads, you know, we'd have enough backing to yeah. get yeah. this trip covered and to produce a documentary or at least get that project rolling. Uh, because so far, the podcast that you've listened to and the work that we've done have been, you know, very graciously with, with your support and the, the, family, yeah, the Man family's support, we've been able to um, collaborate to get it to the stage it is but um, it's not cheap getting a documentary made yeah. um, and you know, we just think that there is so much value in getting this out right. to the people yeah. and particularly today when I think documentaries is something that with the reach of streaming services um it's a way to get a lot of eyeballs on it um what what do you think would be uh i, I guess the dream outcome for for something like this what would what, what you hope i guess people would get out of the documentary when it when yeah. it is made
2: oh i think um yeah look i i think that for me that primarily um being able to see it as they hear you and dad talking is gonna be really impactful. I mean, I know from my own experience, when I went to Auschwitz, I walked around numb for days afterwards. It just has such an impact on you. And I, I feel strongly you'll have a similar experience. Um, but And and to put that on film alongside dad's story and the talk track that you've already done would, would really um, hit home for a lot of people um, in such a way that hopefully um you know they take it on board get something out of it and uh, just a little bit better um a human being a little bit more aware of what's going on around them today that, i mean that in itself would be a, an exercise that's well worthwhile yeah
0: couldn't agree more what about you dicky what, what do you hope hope people would I, get? Yeah, well
1: there's absolutely no no excuse for war there's no reason about war it's all it's lunatic. We're only here a short while. Every human being is here a short while on this earth. Make the most of it. Make it pleasant. Make it healthy. Make it good. Don't kill each other. You die anyway.
0: I guess Mm -hmm. to be able to capture your 100th birthday then and to (laughs) see a celebration of a life long-lived should be evidence enough of of why a documentary like this needs to be made, yeah, not just yeah. to stop the war, but to start looking after yourselves uh, and your own health.
1: And start pursuing happiness yeah. and good health, not war and killing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, you're right, Mac. It's um, it, it's it's a good point actually. It's all of it. It's also about celebrating. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was able to survive, and there's been a whole lot of life since that event that's also worth celebrating. Mm. So.
0: And people who helped you along the way. I think that's probably another yeah,
1: important
2: part of all
0: of this is to I to mean, say thank you. Marvelous
1: to... people I've met.
0: Marvelous people you met who, without them, you wouldn't be... I wouldn't be, uh... yeah.
2: Imagine how rewarding it would be for Co-Waterman's um, grandchildren to see a film that their grandfather heroes in. Mm. Um, Agnes Piotr, who helped Dad survive with food in the camp. Um, her offspring, to see a film that you know, paid homage to the fact that she was a, a contributor to his survival. And all the people along the way, Tunta is another one, and the family, how they protected Dad's um, mother and grandmother. You know, it'd be, it would be an enormous um, little bit of a give back from us to them to, to acknowledge that.
0: And a lot of these key characters as well are people who the family have, I guess, never been able to reconnect with. No. Uh, and there are characters like Jaime, uh, the young boy who, with appendicitis mm-hmm. who was saved in the camps and who you took in in Linz in Austria after the war, his family, you know, um, and like you just mentioned, even the American uh, soldiers and uh, lieutenants yeah. who How? supported your father and supported you Dickie you know through those months straight out of um straight out of Mount Housen and oh. after the liberation all these key characters uh that I'm sure they still have family members out there who probably have no idea that their own loved ones mm-hmm. played a pivotal role in such a remarkable story and uh yeah I think it'd be really yeah. beautiful to
2: agreed and there may be examples where they have been told the story and they've heard a name, but it's only a name, you know, from 75 years ago. But if you could imagine seeing that person on film, and you make that connection of that name and that person, my dad is talking about their grandfather. I think that would be a, an amazing experience for those individuals as well to hear that their their grandparents have been acknowledged.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's the plan. June. We'll be heading to Amsterdam. Uh whether I'm on the same flight as you, Dickie, or one just after you, I'm sure you'll you'll beat me there. Uh and we'll hang out in Amsterdam. We'll celebrate your birthday and, and capture that special moment. And yeah. then the plan is to go and revisit all of the key spots from your journey. You
1: got my phone number.
0: I think I will. I think I'll be able to keep in touch with you. <laughs> we'll uh yeah, we'll visit Belgium, we'll visit Blankenberg, where you spent the summers as a kid. And oh. uh, we'll go see the Sportlands that your dad yeah, started. Yeah. Uh, we'll revisit the camps, which, you know, um, will be its own journey. And then hopefully retrace your steps across Europe from mm-hmm. Austria or all the way to France and back to Belgium and into the Netherlands to, to get back to your, your family. Um, Come home and
1: put it all together, hey? (laughs) It's a big journey.
0: Yeah, it is. Thanks for listening to the Flying Dutchman podcast. Before you go, Dickie and I have a big favour to ask. As you've heard, David Dickie Gruntman has a remarkable life story that has captivated humans across the world. This entirely self-funded project has been downloaded more than 30,000 times by people from more than 35 countries. Since the podcast launched, there have been resounding calls from listeners for this series to be turned into a documentary. Now, with your help, we plan to make it happen. At almost 100 years old, Dickie will be making his final journey back to Amsterdam, the city where he was born, to celebrate this milestone birthday in June. But this is about more than just a celebration. It's about capturing the story of a survivor and sharing his wisdom with the world. To donate to our cause, head to storiestold.com.au or follow the link in our show notes.